Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, joined once again by Jordan Climac. Jordan, it's Super Bowl week. How you doing? It's also NBA trade deadline and a lot of things going on right now in sports. Yeah, it is. It's, um, you know, busy time for me, busy day for me with the NBA trade deadline. The Cavs making some moves earlier, been at a couple of games recently. But yeah, no, man, the Super Bowl, I don't know how to feel. It's such a weird week for the Super Bowl. Just, you know, everything relates back to the Browns with Odell playing for the Rams, you know, and then the Bengals in the Super Bowl. And you feel like, ah, that should have been us. So, yeah, it's a really weird week because you had the excitement of the Cavs and then like, ah, now I got about Super Bowl and I don't know who to root for. It's, it's, it's an interesting conundrum. Yeah, I, I said on the podcast uh, yeah, a week or so ago, I think, you know, when this maybe it was right after we found out who's going to be in the Super Bowl. I think I'm leaning Rams because I like Matthew Stafford. He, he toiled away in Detroit and, and now has an opportunity. I get that OBJ is on the Rams, but he's just honestly a less significant. He's like a smaller piece of the whole or like I like the rest of that team. Him, uh, you know, I have my problems with him, especially after the story about him telling Von Miller not to come to to Cleveland. But at the yeah. same time, like to me, it's way worse if the Bengals win a Super Bowl in the Browns division, and everybody's like, "Oh, Joe Burrow, the Brown, the Bengals have won a Super Bowl before the Browns." Like all all that stuff. Like I, I, I think I'm I'm in the camp of I'd rather have Odell win a ring along with a lot of people I enjoy rather than the Bengals out of the Browns end division. Yeah, it, well, here's the interesting thing for me, too. It's like, obviously, I went to Ohio University, and um, back in 2014, I was covering Athens High School, and they had this guy named Joe Burrow who took him to States. So, like, <laughs> I, 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 I've, you know, personally met him, interviewed him. He's a great kid. I know his dad. So, like, it's, it's tough for me, you know, um, to figure out who to root for in this situation because, like, I like Joe Burrow a lot. I think he's great. I think he's going to be great. But he also plays for the Bengals, and I don't root for the Bengals. So, like, yeah, it's it's an interesting week, man. I, I think I think I'm with you, though. I think I'm with you in a sentiment that, like, let's go with the Rams here because it's it, it's less brutal. Because, like I said, I look back at the Bengals and I'm just like, how how is that not us? It should be the Browns in the in the Super Bowl, not the Bengals. So, yeah, we'll go Rams, I guess. Yeah, I think I think you answered your your own question with uh, the quarterback <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, that that's how it is. But yeah, no, I was rooting for the Bengals earlier on in the playoffs because honestly, I didn't think that they could really you know get to this point. To be honest, and you know, I like Joe Burrow as well. I don't really have any particular malice towards the Bengals. Like of the division teams, like they're by far by far the lowest of the ones that I you know I hate. I really you know can't stand the Steelers or the Ravens. So the Bengals, I was kind of like, ah, oh, they're kind of in the same boat as the Browns as far as being kind of one of the lovable losers of the NFL. But now if they win a Super Bowl, that's not really the case anymore. So yeah, I'm 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 good with that not happening. I'm I'm, I'm perfectly content with them losing. And I'm just thinking about too, like I just like the NFL awards ceremony is going on right now. And like, I just saw that TJ Watt was named defensive player of the year. And like mm. that angered me, you know, I saw that I was like, oh, yeah. bastard, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like as a Browns fan. So, and then, you know, I don't really have that reaction with, with the Bengals winning. So yeah, I, I think you're right. All right. Let's, let's, let's transition. Let's talk about the Browns. Uh, and and I, you know, the main topic of the podcast, I think, 
you know, should be, you know, are the Browns going to go after any big name free agents? Uh, I think that's kind of the ultimate question. But before we discuss that, Jordan, we have to talk about the Browns cap situation because, you know, uh, potentially a Denzel Ward extension, uh, you know, coming into this. But the Browns, as of right now, I believe, have, have something like $26 million in cap space, maybe, you know, 24, depending on uh, on the projection but that is without uh, some other likely caveats coming. Uh, and I think the biggest one, you know, people have, have bandied about Austin Hooper, even JC Treader, as far as guys where if you, you end up moving on from them, there is some cap savings. But by far, by far, the biggest one is it, it stands out so obviously when you look at the Browns cap sheet, a $16.3 million cap hit for Jarvis Landry next season. If he is not on the team, that is just simply 1.5 million in, in dead cap, Jordan. So is, I mean, it's a pretty simple question. Do you think Jarvis Landry is a hundred percent gone at this point up for the Browns? I think probably. Um, I think he sees the writing on the wall. You know, we've seen him join the, you know, the Odell press conference for the Super Bowl, And like, I don't know, as a Browns fan, I kind of looked at that and was like, huh. Your teammate, coach Andrew Barry, in front office, kind of looking at that, like, well, it's a little bit weird. I understand that you're friends and all that, but yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're I, best friends. I, 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 best friends, eh, I don't know about best friends. They're friends. No, <laughs> but, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're best friends from college. But nonetheless, it, it's just, I, I feel like he saw the, right, saw the writing on the wall. Um, he understands it. it. Look, but here's why I'm conflicted on this because. As much as I think that the Browns will and probably should move on from Jarvis Landry at that cap hit, you take Jarvis Landry out of this receiver's room, and, I mean, it's pretty pedestrian, you know? So, like, I'm having trouble. I'm I'm a little conflicted for that reason because, like I said, I think you should move on from him. Maybe you try and ask him to take a pay cut to bring him back here for less. Don't think he'd be willing to do that. So I think that's probably where the separation comes, but – yeah, man. I mean, you move on from Jarvis and it's, it's, it's pretty bleak there at wide receiver in terms of, you know, guys who have done things in the NFL. My counterpoint, Jordan, would be that Jarvis Landry was in the wide receivers room this year and it was arguably right. the worst in the NFL even with him. So I'm just I'm not sure, you know, his at least on the field impact at this point, uh, you know, all kidding aside, I do think has waned quite a bit and he hasn't really been able to stay all that healthy either, which is another concern too, for a guy that's up there in age, you know, at this point, I think, you know, you're not expecting him to, to produce, you know, consistently like he did in back in Miami and when the Browns first signed him. So yeah, I'm, I'm 99% confident Jarvis Landry will not be returning to the Browns on this current contract. And, and like I talked about with Sheldon Richardson last year, when, when so many Browns fans were like, Oh, maybe they could resign him. Maybe they could resign him. That just does not happen very often in the NFL. Occasionally, a guy will restructure his contract to, to stick around. But for the most part, guys don't do that. They Because there's a whole reason why the teams are moving off them in the first place. And so I would say, in general, I think there's over a 90% chance that Jarvis Landry is not back on this team in general in 2022, which is, which is okay to me because I think you know, number one, there there are some slot opportunities with some of the guys on the roster currently, uh, you know, with, with Anthony Schwartz, maybe, but also I think Demetric Felton's an interesting piece that could be used there. We saw that in preseason, and, and I think their bigger upgrades need to come uh, outside of the middle of the field on the edges. So 
I think it's a pretty foregone conclusion at this point. The question just becomes, how do they replace him and how do they upgrade, you know, around him, even if he is back, uh, you know, at the other positions? Because like you said, not a very productive room. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, what what do you do to upgrade that position? I mean, do you go free agency? Do you go draft? There's not a lot of names that I love in free agency as it stands right now that I'd be willing to throw like a lot of money at. Um, you know, Chris Godwin is a name, but I don't think that's a realistic thing, uh, you know, in terms of like why he would want to come to Cleveland uh, unless we just, you know, cash him out. And then, you know, the whole thing comes into, are you paying a guy that wants to be here and he's going to get a full effort? We've seen that story here in Cleveland, you know, plenty of times before. So, and, and you know, Henry, you know, I've talked about it before. I'm not a fan of really paying wide receivers. Um, I'm a fan of drafting them, kind of building your own talent. So I, it would have to be in the draft, I guess. And then you get in the conversation of, okay, then are you relying on a first round pick as a wide receiver to be that number one in your wide receiver room? And is that a good plan moving into next season? It might have to be the only option. Well, so that was going to be my point. It, 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 you know, I think the Browns, I feel pretty confident that they're going to draft a wide receiver in the first round. I feel extremely confident that they're going to draft a wide receiver at some point in day one or two of the draft. But, you know, is that guy, you know, asking a rookie to be the number one option, is that realistic? So, you know, I'll flip it back to you and say, yeah, you know, the free agent wide receivers historically have been a disappointing group. There's no doubt. Um, I wouldn't say this is a loaded class by any means as far as free agent wide receivers, but there are some huge names here, Jordan. I mean, Devontae Adams feels, you know, like, I mean, he's the number one, probably overall free agent out there, uh, you know, yeah. excluding quarterbacks, you know, you bring up Chris Godwin, who, yes, you know, the Browns would have to pay a lot of money for Chris Godwin. I just mentioned the cap space that the Browns have in theory, they could probably overpay Chris Godwin if they wanted to. And then there are a couple names just immediately after that, like a Mike Williams, for example, who you know, had a, a fantastic season this year for the Chargers. Now the Chargers have a ton of cap space to bring Mike Williams back if they want to, but they've got some other problems. You know, you go down the list and then there's Allen Robinson, there's Juju Smith-Schuster. So do you think it's realistic that the Browns shell out, you know, 10 plus million dollars annually for, for one of those guys that I just brought up? It's tough to say, right? I mean, we haven't really had a history of, Andrew Barry having to address this position from, you know, a free agency standpoint, uh, he inherited Jarvis, inherited Odell, um, you know, Versard Higgins, those guys you know, drafted DPJ drafted Schwartz. Um, those are kind of his homegrown guys, but you talked about the cap space and it's a big number, Henry. And then I ask myself, like, you know, we did a previous podcast where like, there aren't a lot of positions that the Browns really need to upgrade. Right. So like, where yeah. are you going to spend the money? You know, that's the question. Is it going to be in the wide receiver room? I don't know. It could be. Yeah. And I, I, to me, look, do I think they're going to sign one of these guys? I guess my, my answer is no, but if the Browns are going to come with a major surprise and free agency, I do think I it's at it. the wide receiver position. Um, mm -hmm. I just, it doesn't feel like the MO of this front office, uh, you know, uh, an analytics focused group that hasn't, you know, they, they've done some interesting things in free agency, but they haven't, given out any huge contracts either like john johnson was a pretty reasonable contract even though he was like a coveted safety you know safeties obviously aren't going for for that uh um, high amount of money like a chris godwin type i mean he's getting you know high teens probably annually i i don't mm -hmm. know what the the projections are but i would have to guess something 
along those lines. Um, to me, what really makes sense probably in, in the wide receiver room is to bring in a veteran, you know, that's maybe a tier below Chris Godwin, but you know, some of these guys like Alan Robinson is a name I keep bringing up as somebody that could be really interesting to me as a veteran, you know, a veteran who had a really down year. Maybe there's some value there uh, as a guy who's a big body target, uh, you know, for, for Baker Mayfield. Now, I, I think also part of this in, in the Browns may or may not know this by the time free agency hits is what receiver they like the most in the draft, because there are some very yeah. different body types of receivers at the top of the draft as well. You know, when you look at Drake London versus Burks versus Garrett Wilson. So, you know, I, I do like having kind of different size receivers, but Alan Robinson's the name that sticks out as like the highest profile guy that I could see them going after. I would like Alan Robinson because you talked about the type of wide receiver that the Browns like, and I agree with you that they kind of need to figure that out, but I can tell you what I think they need. And that's a sure hands guy, right? Like a hands, possession wide receiver good route runner i guess you could jarvis kind of was that but he didn't really produce big numbers um i don't look at dpj as that like i you know no. especially looking at this wide receiver room without jarvis i don't see anyone where i'm like that's a for sure guy that has good hands go to him on third and seven you know like that guy doesn't exist right now but mm -hmm. i do think that Allen robinson could be that guy i like him as a route runner and i like his hands well, and I was just going to chime in and say, you know, uh, let's not act like our tight end room is really all that sure-handed either. Yeah, so, you know, David Njoku has gotten a lot better. Austin Hooper has gotten worse. I think Jarvis Landry got worse last season. You know, I thought he had one of his worst years as far as drops. You know, he used to be a guy that never dropped the ball, you know, early in his tenure in Cleveland and again, dating back to Miami. So, yeah, I, Alan Robinson, I, I, I do think it is an interesting target. I mean, I, I see – even that seems unrealistic. I see, you know, they probably will go for some, you know, really more low level guy, a Jamison Crowder and MVS, you know, something like that. But like if Cedric I had to guess, Wilson. Yeah. Cedric Wilson. I like, I don't, I'd like Cedric Wilson. I, I think you could do some creative things with him and I think he would be a nice fit in this offense. Yeah. The, my only worry with Cedric Wilson is because I've seen a ton of Browns fans float out. Cedric Wilson is he was pretty clearly like, the fifth option every time he took the field for the Cowboys. Like, they have a great receiving room though. Yeah, exactly. And so that, no, that's not to take anything away from Cedric Wilson. I'm just saying when he comes to the Browns, you know, you're, you know, the, the, the Browns obviously have similar running backs and, and tight ends, but if he's a number two receiver, if yeah. he's, you know, next to a rookie, like, is he producing in the same way that he is next to Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb? I don't know. That's something that Browns, you know, front office, you know, has to evaluate. I just, I also like Cedric Wilson. I would not be mad at all if the Browns got him. I'm just, some some Browns fans are banging the table for him on I social know. media. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, like we, let, let's relax a little bit here. It's funny though, looking at like the wide receiver free agents, like I think Michael Gallup is listed like higher above Cedric Wilson on a lot of these. Um, that's a guy I would not want to sign, to be honest with you. Um, just because of the injuries this season? The injuries, and that just, for some reason, I like Michael Gallup strikes me as a guy that's going to get paid this offseason and is just, you know, it's going to be like a Kenny Galladay type situation where it's like, I mean, you know, you got to pay top dollar, make him, you know, and pay for him to be a number one or number two when he's really a three or four. And like, that's what I mean. That's when you like stretch to pay these free agent wide receivers. You're all very, always overpaying for what they are. And honestly, you probably would be doing the same with Cedric Wilson, as you just alluded to. 
Yep, I, I, uh, I, uh, I think that would be the case. We'll see. Again, the Browns may be able to afford to overpay one of these guys. It just hasn't been. I, the Henry, here's the, the other thing is too. Like you know, I, I think obviously I think we're both in agreement that the Browns are going to address the receiver position in the draft. But like looking at the wide receiver options at free agency, I mean, you know, the top three are solid. You know, we talked about Devontae Adams, Godwin, Mike Williams, but I think those guys are all going to get cashed out elsewhere. I don't really see them as realistic options for the Browns. You know, we talked about Allen Robinson, but after that, man, it's, it's, it's not a great list, you know? So I think yeah. if you're going to have, we're going to have to like, I, like, would you be super confident that like any, like a Jamison Crowder, a Will Fuller, a, a Keelan Cole, someone like that could Christian Kirk could come to the Browns and have a, you know, produce to what we would need from them at that position. Like what I, Honestly, what I think is the most realistic is they're going to draft a receiver in, in that, you know, in the first round, that will be the number one receiver. They will add a guy like the names you just mentioned, uh, you know, Jamison Crowder, a DJ Chark, whoever it might be, to be the number two. And then they'll roll out DPJ and Anthony Schwartz as the other. Just kind of just hope for those guys to develop. Yeah, and, and hope you know, those guys are going step, to step up. I think, I think that to me makes the most sense as an approach in general, Jordan. But if they're not going to spend, you know, big free agent dollars at wide receiver, I think the other area where it seems like the the most dollars, you know, typically are spent in free agency, defensive end. And the Browns have a gaping hole there right now. They have, of course, a relationship with Jadavion Clowney from this last season. Clowney made it clear that money will be a factor in his decision uh, going elsewhere. And I think he is one of the the high-priced free agents. But, you know, no, I, you know, Putting Clowney aside for a second, if if they don't go with him, any chance that they shell out big dollars for another one of these guys that maybe they can get under a, a multi-year contract rather than Jadavion Clowney? I mean, again, some huge names here, but a lot of veterans like Chandler Jones, Von Miller, you know, Randy Gregory is a little bit of a younger name. You would assume that the Cowboys are going to try uh, to retain him, um, but they do have some, some cap issues. Emmanuel Agba? A reunion yeah. to the Browns, perhaps. I mean, somebody like that. You know, is there a chance that they, you know, go for somebody that's probably going to get a three-year deal rather than, you know, Hassan Reddick probably gets, you know, something like that. You know, any, any chance they do something like that as opposed to a one-year veteran solution? See, what's interesting is like, unlike some of the positions that we talked about, like wide receiver, we don't really have a history of Andrew Barry having to address that position in free agency um, flip it over to the de- defensive side. I think it's a little bit different. I think we do have some history there. We're seeing how Andrew Barry has approached certain positions like D line linebacker that we needed to mm-hmm. fill in. Right. And those have been mercenary. Uh, you know, we call them mercenaries. Uh, the one year deals where you bring in a guy, you know, whatever his motivation is, if it's money for that year, looking for a contract, wanting to win, whatever his motivation is, bring that guy in for a year, hope to get the best out of him. It's worked, you know, really well in the past. I think of a guy like a BJ Goodson a couple of years ago. I think of Jadavion Clowney last year. I, I think there's been a track record of the Browns signing guys to one-year deals, getting pretty good seasons out of them. And I think that's how they'll address this again. I still think there's a chance that uh, Jadavion Clowney is back with this team, right? I, I really, I, I can tell you for a fact, I know that they really, really, really love what he brought to this team on the field and also in the locker room, um, Jadavion Clowney was big, a big voice on that defense this year. So if they were going to shell out money, I think it would be for their own, like a Jadavion Clowney, maybe a two-year deal. I don't see like a four-year, you know, $40 million type deal or anything like that. 
Um, what I could see is a one-year deal, maybe an option, you know, maybe a two-year deal, some incentivized stuff. I, I could see that coming again, but that's just going to come down to Davion Clowney. And if he wants to do that one-year or two-year deal, or if he wants to have the best year he's, you know, we, he had the best year he's had in so long, if he wants to use that to cash in on a bigger contract, it's really going to come down to that, in my opinion. But yeah, I, I, I look more towards the one-year deals at these kind of defensive spots. So I'll put you on the spot and say, again, I'm, I'm kind of with you that Clowney is the most, uh, you know, obvious option, but mm-hmm. if it's not Clowney, it, what's, what, who do you think a name might be that the Browns, you know, it is one year, you know, or two years, 18 million or, you know, one year, eight, nine yeah. million, something like that. I think it would be one of the veterans, right? Someone like a Chandler Jones, maybe a, you know, maybe a good I, Justin Houston who had a solid year with Indianapolis. I don't know. Yeah. But I think those one-year deals are more of the the veteran guys that you can bring in for a year, kind of see what they got still. Yeah, I mean, I think Chandler Jones is probably out of the price range, but like yeah. uh, some names that, that to me, you know, Von Miller, I'd be shocked if he leaves LA for Cleveland. We already know, you know, <laughs> yeah. we already know that situation, but like Von Miller, Justin Houston, you know, I, I would, I would think, you know, those guys are kind of taking one year type deals. Uh, you know, I wouldn't think again that like a, a JPP would be leaving, but maybe he is if that Bucks team is blowing it up. So, you know, some of those names are the ones that stand out to me as, okay, maybe if it's not Clowney, it's one of these guys. My only word with Clowney really is just like, is he going to get an offer somewhere else? That's exactly going to be uh, to put him out of the price range. And Jordan, the last position that the Browns could spend a lot of money on, I think, realistically, is defensive tackle. And yeah. again, veterans there, but, uh, you know, some big names as far as, uh, you know, free agents, uh, Akeem Hicks, Calais Campbell, you know, there are some other names further down the line, they could try to take BJ Hill, you know, from from Cincinnati. So do you see them trying to go out? I mean, Defensive tackle overall is a less expensive position. Maybe that's, uh, you know, the option they, they choose to spend big money on again. You know, something's interesting is, is, is this, correct me if I'm wrong, but Larry Ogunjobi is set to be a free agent, correct? He is, though, you know, with the injury he suffered in the playoffs, he may not right. be available for an, until much later on in the season. I also don't think things ended very well between him and Cleveland based on how he, how he left. Yeah, it's just an interesting thing because I do think he actually did have a pretty good year for Cincinnati last year um, or this year, I guess. I think he had seven sacks, which was like yeah, high up there. The analytics are really split on him. You look at like PFF, they hated him. You look at some other sites, they loved him. You know, he's a a very polarizing player this year. I think defensive tackles and it's it's a very interesting position to guard or to grade, right? Like, you know, some of these guys that like you don't see a lot of stats from defensive tackles when it comes to tackles or sacks or anything then you Mm -hmm. see guys graded really high and then like i've seen it the opposite sometimes so i just think it's an an interesting position to uh to kind of assess but i like hakeem Hakeem hicks a lot um don't know how realistic that is to be honest with you um but you know other than that you know calais campbell like you said bj hill maybe those would strike me as one year one year deal guys again like we talked about with the edge position I don't really see anyone on this list that jumps out to me as someone that I would be comfortable with, you know, giving a three or four year contract. Do you? 
I think there are some younger guys. So this is one where I do think some younger guys stand out to me. I, you know, BJ Hill, I, I know Bengals fans really like him. So I imagine he's, he's going to get paid quite well. I haven't seen a ton of BJ Hill. DJ Jones is somebody that every time I watch the 49ers, I, I actually like, I think he's popped off the screen a lot. Now he's surrounded by a lot of great talent around him. But to me, he, he's a guy that I could see the Browns uh, giving a couple of years to uh, as well. There are, there are some younger guys, too. I know, uh, uh, Malik Collins, I didn't watch a lot yeah. of Texans football this year, but uh, I know uh, some, some guys have thrown him out as a potential fit as well. So this is this, I could see the Browns giving the longest contract actually out of the three positions we've talked about to defensive tackle. I just think it'll be for, for less dollars overall. Yeah, actually, I kind of agree with you on that sentiment um, that defensive tackle would be highest position. I just I just there's not anyone that really totally excites me from that. You know what I mean? Like, even if it was a DJ Jones or a Malik Collins, you know, I I don't think that that's a move that I would look at and be like, all right, like that sets us over the top. Right. Like we're good. You know, grade us. Give us an A in free agency or anything like that. It would be a good signing, but nothing that would, you know, not anything front page, certainly. So if you had to pick between these three positions, defensive end, wide receiver, D-tackle, I think, you know, we're in alignment that the odds the Browns spend huge money uh, on any one player is unlikely. But if you had to take a stab, if they were going to do one of the three, you know, to pay one of the top, you know, three, you know, to five free agents at that position, what position do you think it would be? I still think it's Ed Rush, just based off of, you know, kind of how important that position is, especially on this team knowing that you have Miles Garrett at the defensive end. Like, look, ever since the Browns drafted Miles Garrett, it's been about finding someone that can play alongside him, right? I mean, that's what it's, that's kind of a challenge that every person that's come through that front office has had since Miles has been here. And they finally found that. I mean, you can go back a couple of years ago, Olivier Vernon showed flashes towards the end of the year, and he tore his Achilles, didn't play all of last year. Then you get Jadavion Clowney. I think he was the perfect guy to play alongside Miles Garrett. And I think we saw the difference that that made on defense. The Browns had a really impressive defense at times last year. I think a lot of that had to do with the pairing of Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett. They liked playing together and you saw what that was able to do for Jadavion Clowney and his career kind of revitalizing it. So I still think that Ed Rush is the most important position to address, at least from a financial standpoint. I think wide receiver is the most important position to upgrade, but if we're talking about dollar figures and putting it towards a position, I think it's got to be edge. I, I probably agree with you to just play devil's advocate, if you will. I will say, you mentioned it, wide receiver is the one where I just don't think they can rely solely on the draft to fix that position. So at that mm-hmm. point, if they're going to be spending money in free agency and you have the money to spend, why not throw uh, you know a lot of money at one of these guys and see if they would come? Now, I think there's going to be a lot of competition uh, given the fact that the cap's rising, a lot of teams have cap space. The Browns, are, you know, aren't the only ones I mentioned. You know, Mike Williams is a free agent. I think the Chargers have like a hundred million dollars in cap space this summer. But I do think that it could be worth it to to just at least put an offer out there, see if anybody is interested. Uh, the only, you know, my only hesitation is, you know, you talk about, you know, Clowney being the perfect fit next to Miles Garrett. If you're a free agent. You know, if you're on the defensive side of the football, you're like, cool, I could go rush next to Miles Garrett and have a productive season where I'm not going to get a lot of double teams. If you're a free agent wide receiver, you're like, cool, I could go be 
you know, a, a number one option, arguably when I might not be that, or, you know, and, I, and I'm going to go play with a, you know, a quarterback that, that hasn't produced statistically, you know, huge numbers for any particular season, even when Baker's played at his best, it's not exactly like he's putting up 400 yard games here and, and the Browns are throwing the ball over all over the place. They don't, even a Baker's best, they don't do that. Right. Like they're going to run the football a lot. So that's the other challenge I think you have in attracting a wide receiver. So exactly. I, as, as I'm, as I'm saying, like, I'm talking myself out of it. Yeah. I was going to say, Henry, like if, especially if you're like, like I said, that's why I think those top guys are so out of the question, like not even shouldn't even really be considered by Browns fans, like a Devonte Adams, or Chris Godwin, you know, we just saw a star guy. I mean, I say star with, with air quotes, Odell Beckham jr. Who realized his situation was, you know, you weren't going to really, our offense is not built for wide receiver to have a crazy statistical year. It's, just not. Mm-hmm. So if you're a top one of these top guys and you're used to getting the ball, you're used to being number one, you're used to getting 10 targets a game. That's not going to be the case here. So that makes us a less attractive free agent destination for those wide receivers. And that's why I just think it's going to be tough to address that position in free agency. Well, and to piggyback off of that, not only you know does the offense not fit it, you just had a wide receiver who is respected by a lot of these other top wide receivers, regardless yep. of whether, you know, Influential. We think OBJ, you know, yeah, I, you know, I don't think OBJ is a top 10 receiver in the league anymore. I don't think he's, you know, a top 15 receiver in the league anymore, but I'm guessing if you ask a lot of the, these guys that are free agents, they might still believe that he's that kind of player and they respect him. And in, in the same way as, you know, the Browns locker room respected him. I mean, I, Yep. I don't know. I keep seeing these stories this week and they're like, oh, I've heard, you know, OBJ has been nothing but a good teammate with the Rams. It's like everybody said the same thing in Cleveland, like his teammates loved him, regardless of whether or not they should have or, you know, and, and excluding Baker Mayfield from that conversation. The rest of the locker room, clearly a lot of those guys loved OBJ Look, and it's been reported a-, <laughs> a million times. Like we do a three hour long podcast on this, I, I'm telling you, but like. Here, here's the thing. Let me just address this Odell good teammate, bad teammate thing real quick. And, and, and what I have to say on it is this is, you know, I, I heard a lot because I agree with you, you know, there's, I don't think he's had one teammate that's came out in really his whole career. That's been like, yeah, you know what? He wasn't a good teammate. And, and I get that. And I think he's a good teammate to younger guys. He takes them under his under the wing and mm-hmm. all that. But are you really a good teammate? If you're going behind those guys back and asking out of the situation that you're in, you know, regardless of if you're doing it overtly or not, you know, is that a good teammate? I don't think so. And then take it one step further. Look what he did, right? He was in a situation where the team didn't, you know, we just talked about how their offense wasn't catered to have a wide receiver like Odell have, you know, produce crazy stats. He realized that. And knowing that the Browns went to the playoffs last year, had playoff success, he still wanted out to go do being an offense that he thought would cater to his skill set. And what he did was he kind of forced the Browns hand at having to move him out of their situation. And we're talking about how influential he is to these young wide receivers, the younger generation. So if you're a young guy on the Browns and you see that Odell forced his way out of a situation and it resulted in him playing in the Super Bowl, possibly catching touchdown passes in the Super Bowl, like why, what's going to stop them from doing that? You know, if they just watch their buddy Odell do it and, and have success doing it. It's a bad precedent to set for the younger guys. So that's why I question the whole good, bad teammate thing. Yeah, I think you're spot on as far as the reality of Odo Beckham being a good teammate. But again, I think it's, uh, you know, the, the difference the perception, of perception versus yeah. reality. And his teammates liked him. And again, I think other players around the league will look at that situation more favorably 
toward Odell than, mm-hmm. than, you know, media members, fans, et cetera. And I think that's, you know, for the purposes of this conversation is more important. As you said, we could do a three hour podcast about whether or not OBJ is actually a good teammate. And at the same time, we'll never know because we weren't even well, in the locker room. So. And even to take it one step further too, it's like, you're talking about how Odell is so likable with, you know, with the peers in the NFL, like you could kind of say the opposite for Baker. And, and like, that's what you said, you know, we don't see a lot of people defending the Browns or coming to Baker's um, defense in the situation. It's all, you know, the free Odell. So happy for Odell. He deserves this type of stuff. So yeah, man. I mean, uh, <laughs> Baker's had a lot of teammates on his, on his side too. And not, you know, just overall I'll say, but we don't have to get into that, all that now. You know, that can be for a podcast in June. Um, I just, yeah, I just wanted to run through the big free agent names. You know, we, we've still got over a month be- 